Welcome to Dish of the Day with Eartha Kitten and Delta Van Dam. Today we'll be serving up a big plate of hot takes on whatever the fuck we want to talk about. I hate this. <laughs> I remember just thinking, like, thinking to myself, like, what the fuck? And I was like, I could get up and look for the cats, or I could just stay here and not die. I'm gonna <laughs> choose that. This is the longest intro ever. <laughs> Welcome to Dish of the Day, Ghostbuster. <laughs> Ghostbuster edition. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright. Oh, uh, yeah, well, we only Fuck. hummed it. Fuck. So we're not talking about ghosts, uh, despite what you may think after that. Um, we're talking about 2020, and I'm sure everybody's really tired of thinking about 2020, but we wanted to reflect on all of the lessons that 2020 taught us, mostly bad, but occasionally some good things that it taught us. You know? Yeah. Because, you know, hindsight is 2020. da 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 <laughs> She said the title. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, first, we have decided to start with our appetizer for Dish of the Day, where we kind of just rant about some things that have been on our mind, whether through the week or since the last time recorded, whatever it may be. Um, do you want to start? What's your first appetizer? Because I have a trio. You have a trio? Oh, jeez. Yes. I was just going to rant about the horrible dystopian experience of getting vaccinated. We both got vaccinated on the same day at the same time. Yeah, but in different places. Very weird. Very odd. But yeah, because I texted you and I was like, wait, are you here? You're like, no, I'm here. But that's weird. I felt like we were in a Southern Gothic novel. Like we're both getting vaccinated on the same day at the same time, but in alternate dimensions or something. (laughs) I honestly started looking around. I was like, I would know her hair if I saw it. I started looking around too when you texted me and I'm like, it's nothing but old white teachers here. Yeah, and see, I yeah, it was all types of people where I was, but I was like, I would know her if I saw her. And then I mentioned that the lady was playing music, mm-hmm. and I was like, if she says that she hears music, then we're in the same place. But then you were like, oh, I wish we had that. And I was like, okay, no, we she's just, not here. We just had angry, na- like the Michigan National Guard was all at this one place, I swear, and they were just yelling at us and making us sit in an auditorium so we didn't, like, faint in 15 minutes after the Mm -hmm. vaccine or whatever. So I go in. National Guard posted, like, every 10 feet, I swear to God. Mm -hmm. Long-ass line. I get injected by somebody from the National Guard. Mm -hmm. I get herded into this auditorium, and this guy is just yelling, sit three seats away from everyone! Do not faint. <laughs> like, I'm just like... Sound advice. <laughs> what? <laughs> so yeah, I just felt like I was in a gothic novel. Mm-hmm. Just weirdest experience of my life. One of those times where you're like, I can feel history happening and I do not like it. Mm. That is a very profound way of putting it. Yeah. I I had to like make an appointment and I'm thinking like, and I was like five minutes late and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to like hate me because I'm like holding up the line or something. 
No, I get there. This line is, I, it was at a convention center. So it's just like, there's one door where you go in and maybe five doors slash blocks down is where the end of the line is. So I'm like, oh, this should be interesting. Police presence everywhere, which made me, which made a chill go up my spine. Cause I'm like, what in the heck is all this about? Yeah. But the line was moving pretty quickly and it was pretty self-explanatory. Somebody like took my temperature, like when I got to the middle of the line. The middle of the line. The middle, because it was still a very long line. Once you you think you get inside it, it's all smooth sailing. No, that is the middle of the line. It's just getting inside for where I was. So somebody took my temperature. The person who took my temperature complimented my wrist tattoo because they took my temperature on my wrist. And then we moved through. And when we finally got to where we actually had to get a shot, I had to sit down. And it was a table that was set up. And there was a woman in taking all of my information and then a military volunteer who gave me my shot. And the woman is talking to me, like taking down my address or whatever. The person giving me my shot just sticks me in the arm. Doesn't say like, one, two, three, you're gonna feel a poke or hey, I'm just swabbing and then I'm gonna put a needle in your body. Like, no, just stab. Oh my God. Which is fine because I don't watch needles go into my skin anyway, but it was still a little jarring because I was like, Still bedside manner. It just <laughs> seemed a little rough and the fact that it's a vaccine so I can feel something, a foreign something going into my arm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and then they put us into a room. We had to wait 15 minutes also, but there was a lady in there playing music. She was playing like Beyonce and stuff and telling us to move our arms. She's like, keep your arms moving. You'll thank me tomorrow. <laughs> So that was the, yeah, the end of it was nice. And then I went on a mad dash to find a bathroom because I was like 30 minutes away from where I actually live. And I was just like, I have to go to the bathroom. So I had to ask someone, I'm like, do you have any open restrooms around here? Because they all say they're closed. He's like, oh, they're just closed for cleaning. You can go in that one. Can I? (laughs) It says closed. This is a COVID vaccination center. I am not trying to get tackled out here, all right? Especially by... All the cops are military presence. Oh, yes, my God. Cops, volunteers, everyone's white. I'm just like, I just want to use the bathroom in peace. <laughs> I was wearing my leopard print boots. Maybe I'll attach a, a picture to this episode. And, like, three people told me they liked my boots. And I was, like, fighting the urge to be like, thanks. Got them for 18 bucks at Rainbow. <laughs> See, you were in the positive universe and I was in the negative universe. <laughs> yes. Like... At least you had a nice lady. So you will wear Thanos snapped his fingers and yes. sent everybody, and I'm stuck in the place where there's five people left on Earth. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was my getting vaccinated. Another thing I wanted to rant about, Dun-dun. not even rant about, but just this is my sentiment that is completely stolen from an audio that I found on TikTok. Men are stupid and I don't respect them. Men are stupid and I don't respect them. If I could play that audio right now, I would, but I'm not going to. Maybe I'll attach it to the end of this episode. I don't know, but just... Yeah, and and if you're sitting here thinking not all men, just... Don't tell me that. Just because I can, I can guarantee you every single man that I've had to deal with in the last week has pissed me off. Yep. So you can't tell me not all men because they all have made me upset. If you're thinking that, pause the episode. Go take a good long look in the mirror and then... Why do you need to defend men? (laughs) That's what you ask yourself. Why do I feel the need to defend men when I know 
that they are collectively annoying. Yep. Another great quote taken from one of the videos I saw using that TikTok was, I think we can all agree that we love men individually, but as a group, mm-hmm. just saying. Mm-hmm. There's individual men that I love, but like, I'll be out here wilding and it's really pissing me off, <laughs> you know, but beyond that, to end on a happy note, McDonald's is bringing back the motherfucking high seat orange. <laughs> I'm so happy. I said in an earlier episode, if I start to love something, they take it away. McDonald's high sea orange was the pinnacle of just everything going bad. I feel like that was just the start of me knowing, like, if you love this, they're going to take it away. Mm-hmm. To the point where yesterday I went to Bath and Body Works and got two more of my, like, signature home candles and asked the woman, are they going to get discontinue this after? <laughs> She's like, well, they just redid the packaging, so probably not. I'm like... I just have to ask because every scent that I've fallen in love with, you all have gotten rid of. Not you personally, but... I need a, a personal guarantee that this will not go out of... And she can't even... She can't <laughs> do that because she's like, I just work here. And I really need you to leave because we're only allowed to have 10 people in the store and you made your purchase. And there's the one lady at the front just like waiting for you to come out. She's literally holding the door and she's just like, if this bitch doesn't get out because... I know after me, there were two people trying to come in and they're like, we just need one more person so we can go in here as a duo. <laughs> but yeah, McDonald's is bringing back the high seat orange sometime in spring. I'm very happy. That is my food related. Yeah, like, woohoo. Amen. I get to have my complete nostalgic McDonald's meal of McNuggets and fries and a high seat orange. I don't have to get that Sprite that could kill you anymore. <laughs> what? Have you never had McDonald's Sprite? Oh, it's very syrupy. Is that what we're talking about? It is like, yeah, but it also, it can be syrupy. It can also be the like fizziest thing you've had. Like sometimes I get it and it is like LaCroix type fizzy, but with Sprite flavor. Did you, okay. Did you see this TikTok where it's like people telling secrets about where they worked and this lady was like McDonald's scientifically designed the straw so that you can get more bubbles while you drink? Like, it, that's why it's better in McDonald's cups than usual. Is this true? That's what she said, and it made sense. This I don't know, but their straws are wider. There's so many conspiracy theories about McDonald's out there because there was that whole conspiracy that, like, they put cinnamon in their Coke, mm-hmm. and the way that they make their Coke is super different, and that's why it tastes different. She I, also said that, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like there's so many things out there about McDonald's that are just, like... I heard this, and I've never seen it dispelled, so therefore I'm just going to keep regurgitating this. Whenever I hear something like that about McDonald's, I'm just like, could it be true? Yes. Do I care? No. I think we need to be in the Illuminati to know for sure. So we just had it confirmed, folks. McDonald's <laughs> does have wider straws. We had our research uh, assistant go ahead and, and Google that for us. So it's true, Illuminati. We're on to you. <laughs> Don't loop me in. Mm-mm, nope. I'm on to you. I, as a black person, dispel the Illuminati. I don't want y'all on my neck. I don't want you coming to my house. I don't want you to have anything to do with me. Beyonce, please don't come for me. Like She's no. definitely in the Illuminati. Nope. See, you keep saying this shit. And you think it's a joke, but I'm not fucking with that shit. I saw the YouTube video. Fuck that. The Illuminati can do what they need to do, but don't bother me. Much like ghosts, do what you need to do. Leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) 
And we're back on ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is not about ghosts, but hey, since you mentioned, but since you mentioned it, ghosts. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I think it's time for our main course now. Our main course. Hindsight is twenty twenty. First of all, what the fuck? Second of all, why? Twenty twenty started out as like. It was supposed to be like the year, like we all said 2020 is the year because it was the start of the decade and we're like, you know what, we're going to, we're attacking this year and we're going to do the things and we're going to be the person that we want to be. And then March happened. Yep. And it it is a combination, for me, it's like, yes, obviously 2020, the big thing to talk about is coronavirus and how it just slowly seeped into and took away life as we came to know it. But also there was this other side to it where it's like with coronavirus came that realization of like it is not safe to leave your house. So now how do you how do you make that like the home that you wanted it to? Which is some people did, but for some people that was probably like the scariest part is like, I'm going to be here yeah. more than I've ever been. And I don't know if I ever planned to do that for more than a week at a time or when it's not being forced on me. Yeah, like I remember at the beginning of it, it went from like, oh, it's like a two-week vacation. You know, we're going to stay in our house. We're going to watch Tiger King. We're going to do jigsaw we puzzles. <laughs> Wait, I did jigsaw puzzles, too. We, <laughs> we watched Tiger we King. We watched Tiger King because we were together. And so, yeah, nope. Mm-hmm. And then it went to, like, this house is a prison. Get me out. <laughs> <laughs> like, in a span of two weeks. <laughs> And it just never stopped. Anymore. Yeah. I remember when it first started, like March, the end of March, when everything was like happening, that span of seven days went like wildfire. It went from this is only going to last three weeks to this may last for a lot longer than we're thinking. And yeah. that was like, but nobody was saying that. Every We were all thinking it, but we're like, no, we're not going to be like Italy because we're America and we have the resources that'll make this go away <laughs> as quickly as it needs to. Uh, um, no. And no, that was not the case. But I remember specifically, because I was supposed to produce a show, I remember sending a message in the group being like, I think we're totally fine because the date is in May. And I look at that message all the time and I'm just like, what a fucking fool you were. How could you think that this, like, and now I can say that, but back in March when I was trusting the news and trusting that this was going to go away in three weeks, I was like, okay, it's going to go away. And we don't even have to do the theme of the show. We can just have a show. Maybe we'll be the first show that gets to do anything. And now Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I will be lucky if that show happens this year. I was in the same boat with you too, because, like, we had the Lounge Cat show coming up. We had our new show at Sid Gold that I was so excited about. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, and I just, I kept putting it off. I'm like, okay, well, we're in May, so it's fine. And then as time progressed, I messaged the owner of the club, and I was like, I don't think this is happening. Uh, Call me when you guys are open again, and I would love to start because I have not heard from him. And literally... A year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily, like, the place where I was going to do it, uh, Ant Hall, which is where we do our podcast. Podcast. But pretty much it went from we're communicating, we're throwing out different dates to fuck it. 
Like, this will happen when it happens. And we both had that silent understanding of, like, this isn't going to happen anytime soon if it happens at all. Yeah. Which is one thing for me that was, like, a big crushing blow. It was, like, all of these things that I had planned to do that were in motion to happen just went away. Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah. And now, even now, like, thinking about doing them seems foolish almost it just for whatever reason it just seems like putting any type of planning besides like your immediate circle just seems like no that's probably not going to happen but good for you for dreaming exactly and I think this is something we wanted to touch on the life of like a gig performer like I don't think people have really seen from our perspectives they seem you know nurses do so much and they've had such a hard time doctors Mm mm-hmm they're heroes, true. It's just I don't think anyone has really seen from the perspective of people that relied on nightlife and gigs to get us by. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah, it was a rough transition. And like I was saying before, one of the, I saw a Facebook post that plainly said nightlife and entertainment was one of, and live entertainment was one of the first things to go and it'll be the last thing to come back. Yep. Like that's the thing is that what we were doing and we were doing it on a small scale like you have to think of people who are like broadway actors like they had to watch everything that they've trained their entire lives to do go away for upwards of a year and right now everything's on hold until the summer because then you can do stuff outside but then it's like everybody is waiting for but then for it to come back for us in those like intimate settings where you can have all those people you have to wait for a certain number of people to be vaccinated you have to make sure that the venues are taking in you know sorry they're taking the right steps to make sure that it's safe make sure that it's clean make sure that people can social distance like We've both been in those dressing rooms where we're on top of each other. That just is not safe anytime soon. But how do you change that and then still try to bring back, like, the world that we knew? And even with plays, like, I thought of, like, how do we put on plays after this? Because how do I wrangle a bunch of, for my case, how do I wrangle a bunch of children into one concentrated area but tell them, hey, don't touch each other. And put your mask on when you come off stage. And we're going to rehearse, but don't touch each other. And we can spread out during rehearsal, but during the show, we have to, like, take up this entire wing of the school. Like, things like that, where it's just, like, it's hard to think. But that was, that was enough, that was the hardest part of me is, like, watching, because I did theater, I did burlesque, and watching both of those things just slowly disappear and have no answer as to what or when or how they come back. And then to be told, like, hey, why don't you just do a Zoom show? No. Live performance for anyone who's out there thinking that, oh, you can just do a Zoom show. Let me tell you, I can only speak for my sector of live performance, but Zoom was not a platform built for us to thrive on. We both work in theater, and I'm hearing this, too, every day. You have to put on a show. You have to put on a show by April. Um, Make it virtual if you have to. And I'm like, you don't understand the limitations of doing a virtual only show like we only are just now getting platforms that are like this is specifically designed for virtual performance Mm -hmm. and they cost hundreds of dollars to do so it's like if you're a a tiny community program like i am there's nothing Mm -hmm. you have zoom and that's it and you better hope that you record it well because 
you can't redo it. No. And that was the, but that was the thrill of live performance is that you can't redo it. You mm. rehearse, you rehearse, and then the show is the show. Um, but even like people are, and I've seen people make some amazing things happen with virtual shows, but at the end of the day, there's only so much people can do from inside their homes on these platforms where you have these overreaching technical difficulties you can't deal with. And on top of that, it's just tiresome. It's, it's exhausting. Like I, to record so I recent so I'm in a virtual show this month and to record all of this, you saw how my dining room is set up. Like that took an hour. I had to get into makeup, which took two hours. I had to put my clothes on, which took however long. Then I had to wait for the sun to go down so I don't get a bunch of like weird sunlight in my video. And then on top of that, I have to record it like 10 times so I can piece together the best parts to do it. And that's with me not doing it live. All of that prep for like five minutes and that's all people are going to see, it's a hell of a lot. Especially when a lot of times these virtual shows, little insider information, they're not offering a base pay. Yeah, they're like, we'll give you tips, but that's, that's... You can put your Venmo up. Which is great, which yeah. is fine, but it's just like, or they take in, they take in however much they can get and then it's a split of the door, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not the same. It goes, it went from like an energizing, passionate thing for me to like a complete drain mm-hmm. on all of my resources. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a perspective that not many people can see. Like your, all of the people that made your nightlife, your going out life fun, were suffering. Mm-hmm. We're suffering really a lot more than people think because mm-hmm. it's not just it wasn't just side gigs for us I mean it technically was but it was like something that we worked hard at and mm-hmm. we got money for you know yeah and I think for both of us because um, it was just something to do that wasn't our job mm-hmm. like our job is our job and like granted I, I don't hate my job I'm not one of those people but it was nice to have something that wasn't that that I could focus on so I wasn't consumed with work in my home all the time I had yeah. something to kind of work towards and had projects to do um, so to shift that energy was probably needed but it wasn't it wasn't a choice and so to be forced into that where it's like well you don't get to do this anymore so now what are you gonna do it sucked it just yeah and my heart was broken a lot last year every time like broadway would be like nope we're closing for another six months i would just like break inside because i'm like i'm not putting on a show until broadway can like i just can't even see myself being like until they unless they come out with some type of like virtual streaming service like i just don't see how we on a small scale could be like we're totally gonna do this when there are people out there who literally can't make money right now like it just seems unfair but yeah yeah 2020 stop taking all our hopes and dreams it's 2021 now go away mm-hmm. on the upside TikTok was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to to completely do a one eighty, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that was that is part of it is that a lot of people who found themselves like 
unable to make content on the internet was like, well, I guess I'll just join. I mean, that's what happened with me. I was like, I will just fucking actually, I joined TikTok to spite our president at the time. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're going to take it away? Well, I'm going to get on there. Because that was the big threat was that if you didn't get on there now I before he took happened. it away, yeah. then you wouldn't be able to get on it after a certain date, which didn't happen. Um, but yeah, TikTok happened and TikTok kind of like took over everything, which... For me, I'm happy. I always say the youth on TikTok because I still don't 100% get how the platform works. But I'm glad people have something. Um, It's like TikTok took all of this, like, creativity that wasn't being utilized and it gave it an outlet. And it was really, really nice to see just everyday people working really hard on putting out something creative. Yeah. You know, it was really enjoyable. And even the videos where people don't work that hard, where yeah. it's just them talking to the camera, it brought more of, I think, what our generation finds funny. Like, the generation after us has picked up on that and taken it ten times further. Because we exactly. love, like, a good, like, dry humor, you know, witty comeback or whatever. And... The I what I see from people younger than me on face on TikTok is that they're able to take that sarcasm and take that dryness mm-hmm. and take it a step further and just give it like character, which I think I've noticed that like we can give it character, but it, we're like I feel like millennials are extremists where it's just like it's this big gigantic thing and Gen Z's like nah it ain't that it's big not, of a deal no <laughs> it's just this I put on glasses I'm a different person hello <laughs> <laughs> yeah they took it. And they made it minimalist, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love it's the minimalism. What, it's what isolation and quarantine needed. Was like, well, you're stuck at home. How you gonna? You can't go outside. So I guess you just use what you have. Put a towel on your head, and you're somebody else. I mean, yeah, and that was pretty much like the only Instagram content I really. Uh, post now is like stuff that I have it'll be like clothes and I'm just like hey I look really cute in this outfit let me post it whereas before I'd be like I have to go to a show I have to put on six pieces of hair (laughs) I have to be with three people (laughs) like yeah it's a whole and I feel like TikTok just was like no if you if you have a towel that's your hair yeah that's it that's it if you have a biscuit that's your meal and you cut it into half and that's a different meal you don't have anyone to talk to to have this rough conversation talk to yourself you sit here and then you sit on the other side of the camera and you sit there and you're two different people boom one has a hat one does not (laughs) ah tiktok you made my life so much better even though i'm not on there i just watch youtube compilations but even the youtube compilations are just like yeah they made my life so much better and more bearable Mm -hmm. it's nice to see any sort of unifying force yeah. in the world and TikTok or whatever, whatever you know, you want to call that force was, mm-hmm. it felt good. You did good, Junzi. You did good. <laughs> now stop coming for us in our side parts okay. because you can kiss my ass. First of all, I want to say I will die before <laughs> I go back to a middle part. Listen. I will die. See, I don't hate middle parts, but here's my problem. Every time, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, when I wear a middle part, I think I look like Michelle Obama in that one picture that she has with Jill Biden where they look adorable and great and they're laughing. Uh I don't. Nobody looks like Michelle Obama with a middle part because she's Michelle Obama. I am not. 
Yep. But I will say this. I read that fucking BuzzFeed article that Gen Z wants us to stop doing all these things. And I will read you the exact message that I sent my friends about that article because I was like, these motherfuckers are smart and they are witty and they're a bunch of queers, but they've also lost their goddamn mind. (laughs) So I said, they're currently pushing us, quote, the old folk, to stop wearing skinny jeans. And I'm like, baby, I know the 90s are in right now, but what I am not doing is wearing large, ill-fitting clothing. Know your place or your spot. Amen. Beautifully put. I am not. I don't care if you want me to stop wearing leggings. I don't care if you want me to stop parting my hair on the side. I'm not going back. I lived through that shit. We, we talk about that experience. in a soon episode, but like, I am not going back. I'm not going back to, with flare leg jeans, don't get me wrong, they look good on the right people. I'm not going back to having half of my leg drenched because the back of my flare leg jean is dragging on the ground. Listen, I wore those Levi 501 bootcut yep. jeans till they fucking fell off because I was like, I look cool. I am wearing this in my Converse and a nice hoodie and a beanie. Yep. And that is still a very comfortable outfit. But you want to know what? I'm not wearing it in public. Like, I have yoga pants that I try not to wear in public because I wore them. I wore them all through middle school and everything. And like you said, the seams came out at the bottom. My leg is drenched. I have no protection over tripping. Nope. No, I'm not going back. Fuck that. I'm not doing it. <laughs> we've, we've lived your fashion mistakes, Gen Z. And Learn. You will come to the other side. Yes. Like, Jesus Christ. If, if there's anything I've learned from my experiences, middle parts make you look old. Oh, yeah. They make you look like a founding father. Which is like, maybe that's why Gen Z likes middle parts, because they make you look older or something. I'm also going to say this. The mullet wigs. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know this is about 2020, but they did make a resurgence. Let me tell y'all right now. The mullet wigs look like bad sew-ins. They look like bad sew-ins, extensions if you're bougie. They look like bad sew-ins. They look like somebody got, like, an extension and then their hair is just growing out. Like, it's just... Mm. I am literally speechless at that right now. <laughs> I, I'm speechless. This is just true. Like, why? Mullets. Stop it. Make it make sense. You can't make it make sense. It doesn't sense. make sense. Everybody's trying to look like an 80s rocker and I'm like, could we let the style die? There's a thing about mullets. Only rock stars look cool in mullets. And it's like, it's a cool mullet because it's shaggy, but it still looks like a bad weave. Yep. Like, just... Don't don't let history repeat itself, but it already is because, like, the mom jeans are coming back. Put on your mom jeans. (laughs) I don't hate mom jeans. They look bad on me because I got short little stubby legs, but, like... (sighs) It's just, all the bad fashion is coming back. Why can't we get the good parts of fashion? <laughs> like, I will, and I will give credit where credit is due. A lot of 90s fashion is just comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when 90s started making a comeback. This is going to blow y'all minds, but actually the 90s have been coming back for like the last, I feel like years. seven years yeah. almost, because I remember going to a 90s party in like 2014. Mm-hmm. But this was back when it was 
like I was the young person there. So it's like I but I remember what it was to dress like that. I remember seeing people dress like that. And so I got to wear like a t-shirt and combat boots and my friend was wearing like a crop top, a big baseball jersey and shorts. And that was fun. And we both said this is the most comfortable we've ever had to dress mm-hmm. for a party. So I get that. But every day no. No. It's I'm not, not necessary. Doing it. I'm not doing it. You will not put me back there. No. <laughs> like no. I just think of like and see, I was a kid in the 90s, so what's even worse is that people are like, oh, remember the 90s? I'm like, you want me to remember camp shirts? Like, that's all I remember is summer camp shirts. That was my fashion in summer camp shirts and white tennis shoes. <laughs> ah! Yeah. Oh, my God. All you have to do, and, like, before I say this, love Buffy, hate Joss Whedon, but all you have to do is go back and watch Buffy and look at what Willow is wearing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Willow is Willow. But like, we don't need to go back to the weird fluffy sweaters with like little characters on them. Or like... Butterfly clips. Yeah, but we can clips. bring butterfly clips. They're okay. Back. Those are fine. Yeah. If you use them right, just don't have like 15 in your hair in a row like we used to. Just like pinned back. Yeah. Like, you have like four strands of hair pinned with the butterfly <laughs> clips and then it's pinned to the front. And, yeah. yeah. Don't no. do that. See, y'all are sitting up here getting mad at the wrong people because when you're really going to flip is when we bring back the zigzag parts. Then we're going to stun on your young asses like, oh, you want to be 90s, bitch. Zig well, we'll part. get 90s. Zigzag part and pigtails, bitch. Kick you in the face with my goddamn wedge heels. <laughs> <laughs> my Steve Madden blot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, 2020 fashion. 2020 fashion. Y'all can have your 90s aesthetic, but leave us alone because we literally birthed it for you. We're old and more tired. If you want to bring back the 90s aesthetic, here's what I, if you are Gen Z and somehow listening to this, I implore you to go look at the fashion aesthetic that Regine wore on Living Single. That was a 90s show, Mm -hmm. but she was the most fashionable person on there. That's the 90s aesthetic you need to bring back. All that other shit, y'all are going to regret. You're going to regret wearing it. That's all I'm going to say. You're going to look back at pictures and be like, what the fuck? Why? That's... And And I I have lived this. I have a picture that I will show you. (laughs) I'm not even going to describe it because we're going to talk about it next episode. But, Mm -hmm. oh my God. The picture regret. I will put one of my children, like my childhood pictures, up on social media for this episode, so everyone can see that this is what y'all want. Okay. If you block my face, I will put one up too. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going because I actually had a family friend recently send me a picture from when I was like three, and it's like this is a '90s kid photo. So I'm like, this is what y'all want to bring back because this is this is what it was. It's not what you think it was. It, it's this. <laughs> It's this and a lot of, like, plastic. Learn from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 2020. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I mean... Fashion. Coronavirus. All the other fuckery that I can't even begin to, like, categorize. Racism. <laughs> Racism. Let's start I'm like, oh, we can just say it. <laughs> now, I think... I mean, here's my thing with that... We all know that it's always been there and we all know that these things are not new. What was interesting about 2020 and racism for me 
was watching a lot of people come around to the realization that it's not just um it's not just a, a thing where the police kill someone and that's where racism is bred. And it's not just somebody sitting up there calling a black person the N-word and that's what racism is. Mm -hmm. A lot of people had to come to the realization that it is very deep and it is very ingrained in our society. And it is very much not just my job as a black person to present that to you and to also make it palatable for you. Yeah. A lot of people had to have those like wake up moments. And for me, I was like, yeah, this sucks. But you know what? What sucks more is having to watch you be so uncomfortable with that, that you just throw your hands up and be like, I'm done. I don't want to worry about racism anymore. So here's my ass again. I was going to say it must have been exhausting to watch white people just like have that realization. And you must have been like, what the fuck? Of course, it's always been there. Like, what is your problem? I mean, it was... Yeah, it it all came, it, it kept coming to a head for me at different points. Mm -hmm. But specifically, um, there was an incident that happened that really just made me go, I cannot put any more energy into this because I will break my own heart mm -hmm. trying to depend on people to have my back or trying to depend on people to see that like, yeah, you can send me all these messages and I'm one person that you know, but you're not doing anything to make it better. Um, so at that point I just said, you know what? The, the beauty of knowing that this has always been here and the heartbreak is knowing that it will continue to be here. So I have to live my life the best way that I can. That doesn't kill me in the end. Yeah. Um, cause Thank God I still have good blood pressure. So that's an accomplishment after that year. Yeah, it's an accomplishment for my people. Also, my fucking white doctor is always like, oh, wow, your blood pressure is really good. Why the tone of surprise every <laughs> single time? Are you expecting something else? Because I eat pretzels all the time. <laughs> what you trying to say? So, but yeah, that was it was that. And then, I mean, yeah. It was, I mean, there was, for me, it was just watching a lot of things. I was like, yeah, this, yeah, you, yeah. But there was also a very sentiment that was going on with Black people when we would talk, where it's just like, we've been saying these things for years. It is nice that people are waking up, but it is also very infuriating that yeah. it's taking this monumental nationwide unrest for people to understand, like, holy fuck, we're part of the problem. Yes. Yeah. You will continue to be also. What do you want me to do about it? And it's just funny because, like, it's not funny. It's just ironic. Like, all these people that woke up to all of these problems, it seems like, from my point of view, they co-opted it and just started, like, talking over people and just started, like, this is my flag. I made this flag. I'm going to wave it. And it's like, no, you didn't. Lots of people before you were trying to make people know that this was a thing. And just because you figured it out recently doesn't mean it's your, like, you don't have ownership over it. I mean, it's great that you supported this black business and you're saying it's your favorite, but I guarantee you, you weren't eating there before Juneteenth. Exactly. That was my thing. I was like, I don't want to be like the party pooper, but I'm going to assume that this place that's now your favorite place to go because it's black and it just happens to be black owned wasn't mm -hmm. even on your radar two months ago. Yep. And that's fine. You can say that. I wish more people were honest with themselves and were able to just say, I did not know about this, but I'm glad I do now. Exactly. Or, this isn't this isn't my space to talk, but I'm but I'm here to listen. 
That's the biggest issue. I'm like, why can't people just shut up? You sent me that TikTok and it's like, it's okay if you have nothing to add to a conversation. You can just be quiet. Like, people don't want to do that. And when I say people, please understand that I mean white people. Mm -hmm. White people don't want to do that. They don't want to be told you can't talk right now. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear you are not who we are trying to help right now. They don't want to be told what you're doing actually is not helpful. It is harmful. Because all we're ever going to hear was that wasn't my intention or my favorite. I'm being attacked right now and all I tried to do was blah, blah, blah. First of all, if somebody tells you that something is harmful just because they're black doesn't mean they're attacking you. Mm -hmm. And more than that, if you really are on the side of trying to help us, if you want to be a so-called ally, which you can't label yourself as anyway... You have to learn that sometimes it's best to just listen. Yep. Just listen to what we're saying. Or if you have something that you want to say, make sure you're doing it so that people can be aware of a problem and not so people can join your side. Yeah. Because those are two very different things. It's one thing to make people aware and say, this is a problem. I feel like we should be fixing it. And and But then there's also the people that were like, I can't believe this is happening and everybody's doing this, but they're not doing this for me. And it was like, well, we're not talking about you right now, but I guess we are now. (laughs) Well, we've come back to you. Let's hear what you have to say, white person. It's like we we need education. We don't need some random ass battle cry to get all the the army of woke people or whatever you want to see it as. We, We need education and change, not a bunch of people taking up this shit and then, like, getting angry about things and then, like, Mm -hmm. making it worse because they're not being aware of whatever the hell they're doing. Yeah. Which was... Which is going to be a problem in 2020 and beyond. But I think that, yeah, the biggest issue for me was, one, it was all happening and I was like, I'm very tired. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I have a sign that says I am fucking tired because it was all... Even with everything that was happening and even with being able to see hordes of people speaking up for it it is exhausting to watch your people be slain and it is exhausting to have to sit here and watch an entire nation rise up and then watch it all disappear again yeah but in small but in small circles of my own life it was just hard to watch like people who are like i'm so here for you and i'm gonna be here and i'm doing this and that or whatever and then maybe like a week into august like i have to like see you doing some shit where i'm like this is not what this doesn't match what you messaged me two months ago. Mm-hmm. So again, I have learned from 2020 and because of all of the racist things that happened, the anti-racism things that happened that I, for me personally, I have to be able to live my life in a way where it's like, this is what makes me comfortable. One good thing that came out of it, personal growth wise, was that I learned that I have to start just putting up boundaries and sticking to them. I'm a person who will say something and then like backpedal because I just don't want somebody to be uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't want people to be uncomfortable around me. I'm at the point now where I've realized if somebody's uncomfortable around me, that's a them thing, not me. Yeah. If they want to fix it, they'll tell me and they'll tell me like, hey, I'm kind of uncomfortable with what you said. And we can go from there. I personally am done trying to be the the nice version of myself it's like I can be and I can't be it's just whatever happens that day and I've made it personally my goal that 
when the world opens back up and when burlesque does come back, I'm not going to be that person in the dressing room because I used to be because I didn't know any better. I would just be like, well, that was offensive, but I guess I can't say anything because then I won't get hired. I have been alone too long and now I'm just like, bitch, I will ruin every <laughs> chance I have if that means I don't have to work with fucking idiots anymore. Yep. Like, I will not work with offensive people anymore and I will not let offensive shit slide. I just can't. If I want someone to stand up for me, people aren't going to do that. I have to do it myself. And as sad as it sounds, this is fine because... This community has failed me in a lot of ways. And I realize that now and it's okay. I have moved past being angry and bitter about that. I'm just at the point where it's like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? Are you going to give them back the energy that they gave you? Or are you going to be the one who advocates for yourself? And I choose the latter. So get ready. Fucking storm's coming. Yep. Well, all of the, what you just said really relates to personal growth. And I feel like... 2020 was a terrible but unique opportunity for personal growth. Like, we all got to sit in our houses and think about things and be stuck with ourselves. And while that may not have been great mentally, <laughs> um, I have grown a lot. I've learned how to cope with a lot of different things a lot better. And like you said, I've mm -hmm. learned to just not tolerate bullshit mm -hmm. as much. Personal growth year is kind of... It was a very unique experience to go through that and not have a choice. I was I was prisoner to my own personal growth for a long time. Yeah, we were pretty much forced to because it's like, are we going to come out of this just completely like meek-minded people? Mm -hmm. Or, and I think what happens is when you are stuck with your own thoughts for so long, there just gets to be a point where you come to the realization it's like, the situation isn't changing. What I can change is how I react to it. Exactly. So, you know, cliche, but that is actually how, like, I think a lot of people's growth moments happen is just how, if I can't change what is happening, how I can change how I react to it. And that was me. I was like, I can't change what people are going to do when this pandemic is not over, but as contained as it will be for the time being. I can't change what people are going to do once, you know, we have to start performing in tight circles again with people that I don't necessarily care for. What I can change are the things that I'm willing to put up with and the things that I'm vocal about. Mm -hmm. So before where I would be vocal about, is there any Prosecco? I don't give a shit anymore. I'm more worried about, are you being helpful right now if you're supposed to be helpful then be helpful yeah. are you having a conversation that involves this entire dressing room that isn't harmful or violent towards somebody in this room if you are then i will be the first person to be like can we not talk about this actually like can we talk about something else can we move on to a different subject um yeah that's where I am and I think that's where the growth for me came from. I was just like, you know what? We have to start, not to quote Dr. Field, but we have to start taking charge of our own life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Amen. Well, that was, that was an intense discussion of 2020. We're going to end with our new idea, which we thought, you know, we have an appetizer, we have a main course, now we have a dessert. Mm -hmm. So... Just think of it as like the sweet thing to end whatever discussions that we've had. So cleansing palette. Ah yes, palette cleanser dessert. Yes. Mm -hmm. Lime fresco. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a lime fresco in your life right now that is cleansing your palate? Cleansing oh, like a current thing? Yeah. 
I recently discovered I don't hate blueberries. <laughs> okay, tell me more. Before, I used to, like, be so... I wasn't, like, anti-blueberry, but I never was, like, someone who was, like, you know what I can go for? A great bowl of blueberries. I was just, like, they they go in pies, and they go in syrup, and that's it. Um, and maybe a smoothie. But because, you know, I'm a nanny, and I started, like, eating the girls' food with them, uh, I was like, huh, blueberries don't uh, they don't suck. Alrighty then. And they apparently they help with memory. So Really? Yeah. Well that I learned from another from these other kids that I used to nanny and they were a little bit older and I told one of them, I told the older sibling, I was like, I am just having a hard time remembering things and she's like, Maybe you should eat some blueberry off. That's adorable. Because I told her I was like, I just need some good brain food, like Maybe I need to eat some salmon or something. She's like, well, we have blueberries if you want to eat those. Those are good for your brain. Aw. So, yeah, I don't hate blueberries. So, yeah, my palate cleanser has been blueberries. Nice. I need to try blueberries now. <laughs> I have some in the fridge. Sweet. Mm. I think my palate cleanser is I finally learned how to make risotto. Mm. And, like, holy shit, I did not realize how much I fucking love risotto. I didn't know you didn't know how to make it. That's what I used to make with the chicken bocata all the time. And it was delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I finally, I got, I have a meal service every plate, and they sent me a risotto, and I was like, you know what? I'm finally going to learn how to do it. Because I'll order it when I'm out. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard. I didn't realize that it's not really no, that difficult. It's, yeah, did they have you do it with, like, chicken stock, where you just, like, put it yeah, in? Yeah, the, and you stir it in until it gets creamy, and then, yeah. yeah. And then, did they have you do it, like, twice, or you just did it once? Um, they had me, it was, like, four cups mm -hmm. of water with chicken stock concentrate, and then I was just supposed to pour it in until it got creamy, and it took me, like, two and a half cups, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, that's usually the way to go, is to just do that, like, to, like, put it there, leave it for ten minutes, stir it, put some more in there, and then if you want to put, like, half a cup, and then, like, Parmesan butter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, risotto's nice. Mm -hmm. I did not realize how easy it was, and now I'm excited to do make more. Do you like mushrooms? I can't remember. I love mushrooms, yeah. Yeah, add mushrooms to it. My next plan. Mushrooms. You can go crazy because you can add mushrooms. You can add like a dash of white wine if you want to like enhance the flavor. Mm. Did they have you toast it before? Yeah. 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 That was good. That yeah. was really good. Toast it in some oil or some butter or yeah. Risotto is one of those things like once you learn how to make it, it's really easy to experiment and it's fun. I'm so excited. Yeah. That's been my, my highlight mm -hmm. food wise. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on Dish of the Day. Always try to end and make you hungry, so hopefully you listen to this before dinner or something, or while you're <laughs> cooking dinner. But um, uh, I'm Delta Van Dam. I'm Arthur Kitten. And we hope you enjoy your evening and your next dish. If you would like to get in contact with Dish of the Day, you can check us out on Instagram. Dish of the Day Podcast. Or leave us a voicemail on speakpipe.com forward slash dish of the day podcast. You can also send us an email at dish of the day podcast at gmail.com. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.